Welcome to the Come Clean Pod, a place where we take the taboo out of TMI. We're stripping away shame and eradicating embarrassment through conversations held with honesty, humor, and humanity. We're your hosts. I'm Holiday. And I'm Mando. Come with us while we do our dirty laundry. about sex baby let's talk about you and me and doing let's it talk and about doing it and the doing good it. things and the bad things that can be i think that i don't even think i think that just is the intro i think that's how we start today because we're talking about sex the sex all the good things and the bad things that can be <laughs> i think those are the lyrics i probably haven't heard that song since like 1993 so um, I, you know, it's funny when we were, when we were talking about coming up with topics and this was one of them, when I was kind of like making some notes today, one of the first <laughs> things that I remember about sex at all is finding Playboy magazines in my house when I was a kid and being like, what? in the holy hell <laughs> is this? And I don't want to incriminate either my mom or my dad, but it was probably one of theirs, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there were so many of them. And I remember like sneaking into their room to look at them. And I mean, I don't know whether or not they knew I was actually looking at them, but mm-hmm. being like, just like in awe, in total mm-hmm. awe of what the hell am I looking at here? And there was like this curiosity too that like kept bringing me back to look at them. So it was like, I kind of knew I liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't really know what I was looking at. But even from that age, and I, I think I was probably like, I don't know, I probably was in like first grade kindergarten or first grade or something. Mm-hmm. And knowing that there was something like, I, I there was some like shame around it. Like I shouldn't have been looking at it. Like I needed to hide it. And I just thought that is so interesting for today's conversation. Well, what's interesting, well, I mean, I don't know that it's interesting, but it makes sense because it was something, you found something that was hidden from you. So of course you're going to think like, oh, this must be shameful because the adults have hidden this. So I definitely need to hide that I've seen it. I I remember in it was probably it must have been like fifth grade ish because the internet was new. And I remember it was about like 1998 ish when which blows my mind. I know, right? That it's actually not that old. I'm so glad that we did have like a significant portion of life where there wasn't internet. Like I'm so, so, so grateful for that. Um, no offense to any listeners who I know didn't know that life, but um, I remember I didn't have we didn't have a computer with internet yet, and I had a a childhood friend who did, and it, their computer was on. They had an uh, an A frame house, and their computer was at like the tippy top of their house, and sh- that friend would sneak us up to the computer, and we were allowed to go on the internet there. And she would show me, she's like, okay, look at this history, look at this thing. And I don't know if you remember what internet, the internet was back then, but it was like so archaic. Like it's hard. I think it's really hard for people to remember what things used to be like, especially the internet. But there were these tiny little like one inch by one inch thumbnails 
that were like very pixely and moved like these little like gifs almost. (laughs) And you couldn't even really see what was happening. And I mean, we were in fifth grade, so we like really didn't even know what it was supposed to be representing. But I remember seeing what now I know as a man ejaculating on a woman's face, but thinking that he was peeing on her face and saying to my friend in complete horror, what is he doing to her? Why is that happening? Oh, my God. Why would somebody do that to somebody else? I will just never forget that. Like, that was like a huge loss of innocence moment of like, what is the, what is the world? Like, what is life? This is this is what we have to look forward to. Well, we even get, as we, we were like, on. <laughs> like, I well, as we're gearing up for this conversation, it's funny because a lot of what comes to mind are like these kind of like, it's so funny you're saying pixelated and using that as as an example, because that's how I feel about my memories of mm-hmm. understanding what sex is and and how that formed for me growing up because there's like these like almost like pixelated images in my mind of like things that had happened from a young age until you know i feel like you get to this point where you're just an an adult and i say that in quotations because you know depending on what age you lose your virginity or what age you start becoming sexually active like i kind of feel like you're suddenly there's like this innocence where you don't really know really much right but then you also feel like you should know everything like you should just mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you should have this full understanding of what it means to be an adult and have this concept of what sex is and what it should look like and what it should feel like and you know we're all just figuring it out through experience which by the way just also like to say and note that obviously everything that we say here today is through our own experience mm-hmm. and I think even th- through this conversation, you have ha- you and I have had some small, off, you know, off uh, off air conversations about this. That like, there's so many. There's a huge spectrum of this. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of sex. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of experiences. There's all kinds of relationships. There's different perspectives. There's different communities. And this again is just through our experience. But and you going, don't know what you don't know, right? And you don't know what you don't know. But kind of moving into this like pixelated vision of what I think or thought, I mean, I remember being, I think I was in like third grade, second or third grade. And it was back when, I don't know if this is still a thing, like with kids when they're that age, but like, remember when note passing was like a Mm -hmm. thing, like, and you'd like, you'd like wrap up notes in like the little football and like pass them Mm -hmm. around and you'd get in trouble with the teacher if the teacher caught you with the note. And then of course the teacher would always open the note and read the Mm -hmm. note, which I, that's a topic of conversation for another day. But (laughs) (laughs) so I remember passing a note to someone, I don't even remember who it was, but saying in the note, do you know about the sex with Patrick? There was this boy named Patrick in my class that we all had a crush on. I didn't even know what sex was. Mm-hmm. But again, I just had this like idea that it was like something that was forbidden, but like kind of funny. And like you kind of like laugh about it a little bit, mm-hmm. but I had no idea what it actually was. And so the note got passed, the note got found, taken away from the teacher. Then they called my mom. Mm, And so I remember just this huge sense of embarrassment from that, from A, just getting in trouble. But then later on at home, 
I feel like my mom always tried to like she'd give it to us straight. Like she was never one to not tell the truth. Like even at from a very young age, like if if there was a question we had, she'd always just tell us what things meant, (laughs) which, you know, again, that was her parenting style. But I remember her saying, like, do you want to know what sex is? And that's kind of awesome. Honestly, I know. I know. And I really do feel like that is one of the things that like I've tried to bring to my children through parenting. And I is, like, like that she asked you. I know. Because that recognizes that there's responsibility in knowing this. Mm-hmm. And that I, you that you can opt out of knowing this right now. That like you can ask yourself, do I actually really want to know what this is? Because I could say no and I'll find out later. Right. I kind of like that. Uh, I was like. I don't know, 10. Of course, I wanted to know what it was. (laughs) And I remember her saying, well, honey, it's when a penis from a man goes into a vagina of a woman. And I remember being like, ew. (laughs) But I also still didn't understand Mm -hmm. what that meant. Like, that was it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the other, like, sort of pixelated moment for me... And it didn't translate until even now. I feel like I'm 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 relearning myself at now 37 years old, like what sex actually is and what it means is I remember being like a teenager and you know, I I guess I have a lot of compassion for my mom for this situation because she and my dad split from a very young age. So she had dated, you know, and had different partners from, you know, the time that she obviously separated from him and then got, later got remarried. Um, is that I remember just being like really upset because I thought I like heard my, no one wants to hear their parents having sex for the record, but I remember being I have like, never once seen, heard, or walked in on my parents having sex. And I feel like a champion for that because <sighs> my poor old, my poor little sister did. Huh. <laughs> I'm 36, never happened. Woo-hoo. Oh my God. <laughs> well, anyways, I can't say that for myself. And I'm, I'm not sorry. Yeah. So we should take a moment. <laughs> but I remember being like, really mad about it and mm-hmm. feeling I, I don't know how it came up in conversation but this is like one of those moments that I had growing up that as a teenager her coming to me and I remember almost me we were arguing about something and I don't know I probably had like a teenager moment I was like well and I heard you having sex you know and <laughs> she was like it was the one of those times where she like kind of like got down on my level and she I could I, I felt differently about it because she was like honey, I want you to know, like, sex is something like really special that when two people love each other, they, they make each other feel good. And like the way Mm -hmm. she explained it to me was so, I don't know, it was just so settling to me. But again, like a lot of really like mixed messaging, because I feel like that's not what we're taught either because mm-hmm. it's this like taboo shameful thing i mean i remember drawing a picture of a penis one time <laughs> and having my dad and my uncle were at the house for some reason and i remember being like hey look at what i drew and they were oh like my God. I, I so i don't know why but they were like what is it and i'm like 
they're like, is it a spaceship, honey? And I was like, no, it's a penis. And I remember their response being like, oh, that's so inappropriate, honey. And I felt so embarrassed. But Again, I think it's like the way we communicate mm-hmm. these things with our, you know, growing up and, and and how we interpret them and how we receive them. Yeah, very pixelated for me. That's, wow. I mean, what a beautiful, what a beautiful moment that your mom gave you. It's kind of cool that you're, you got to, my parents have been married my whole life and they still are. Um, so, so there was never as a single 36 year old like there was never an example of dating or anything like that so it's kind of beautiful that that your mom you got to see that and yeah you got that it was message like, of like well th- this is this is what people do and it's a special thing i mean and that's that's one take on it because right. sometimes i mean there have been points in my life where i would have absolutely said that sex is a physical act and there's doesn't need to be anything special about it but just i'm going to i'm actually going to come back to this place because i like i like how you kind of walked through how you came to know sex um and i you know i started with my sort of introduction to sex through internet porn which now is so common because um my sister being a teacher, I hear about kind of like what's going on with kids today. And it's super normal for kids to have exposure to these things. But like, we were the first generation and like I was in fifth grade, but now kids have tablets and things like from birth. Mm -hmm. So that's a topic for another day. Um, But so like, I, you know, I saw some very random, confusing things on the internet. And and that same friend um, had their family had some books like, oh, The Joy of Sex. I don't know if you know that book. It's like, no. it's like the most, it's one of like the most popular books ever. And it has like, I think, I don't think it's drawings. I think it's photos. That's one of the, that's a book that I'd like to add to my class. I have like some, I have like a collection of books that are like, like I have a, I have a copy of Grey's Anatomy and it's like a very famous an, a book of anatomy and it's got depictions of like muscles and bones. It's beautiful. Um, but we, I remember her showing me, but we have, we would have to like hide and look at it and we'd have to like look at it really fast. And it had depictions of sex. And, and so we'd have to like look at it really fast and like the close it really fast and put it on the shelf. And so there was like little tidbits there. And then this was all really like third grade to fifth grade. And at another friend's house, same thing on the internet, if that friend would, um, and we'd be at sleepovers and she'd be like, you want to do something fun? And I'd be like, in my mind, I'd be like, I don't know if I like your tone, but yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and we'd get on the internet and then go into chat rooms. Oh, the chat rooms. And we would cyber with strangers. And I'd be like, how do you even know what, the, what, how, what to say? Like, I, I'd be like, totally blank, have no context. Like, I wasn't allowed to watch PG-13 movies. I'm like, I don't know what these people are looking for me to say to them, let alone what I am supposed to be like feeling or imagining. Like I had no idea. And it wasn't that I didn't did or didn't like it. I was just like so out of my element. And I'll admit something here, like come to find out, like 
I had been doing what a lot of kids do, like rubbing myself up against stuff for since I was like seven years old. So I'd been masturbating, but like I didn't really know that that's what I was doing. But still, like not it had nothing to do with anyone else. It had nothing to do with like performing or like trying to entice anyone or like keep them engaged. And that that's like a core sex memory for me is that is that moment of like I have apparently there's this whole other world that like I I feel very uncomfortable with because I have no context and like I also this feels unsafe. It felt very unsafe, the cybering chat room thing. Um and I can't remember if that was before it must have been before or right around the time that we started getting sex ed in school. And my <laughs> God, okay, I have to explain this to you. In I I guess I won't say what school, but the elementary school that I went to, we watched slideshows. This is how old I am. We would watch slideshows and film strips. I don't even think they were on VHS tapes. I'm pretty positive it was like a slideshow that you would like press play on a cassette tape to play along with the the guys. I'm sorry. Like most people listening probably have no idea this technology that I'm talking oh, about. Oh, like, I remember from the, what you're talking like, about. From the Stone Age. Yeah, it like plays on a projector and then you also have to like play a cassette tape, a companion yes. cassette tape along with it so you can hear what you're supposed to, that's supposed to match up with what you're watching. And it was so not graphic and so not educational that it was like, okay, so a man and a woman, they go about their lives. Oh, they meet each other. And they like each other and they go on a date and they 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 probably I'm sure I don't know if there was an element of marriage. Like, I don't know how puritanical it was, but I do remember that when it came to like and then when they want to have sex, they got under the covers, like fully under the covers. This is that they're educating us like we're supposed to be learning what sex is. And these two people get under the it's cartoons. Also, I'm sorry. It is a um, illustrated video. (laughs) They get under the covers and on the it's a quilt. The quilt is made up of squares, like a quilt is, you know, and each square had two cats next to each other. And as the blanket started to move, the cats rubbed up against each other, just like the side bodies of cats, side by side, up and down. So we left that class and my entire class, we like the boys and girls, we wouldn't even stand next to each other because we were like, if we rub up against each other, we are going to get pregnant because that's what we were shown that like side by side shoulder to shoulder if you go up and down up and down you that's how you get pregnant because then when they got out of those blankets the lady had a baby that's legitimately what i was taught sex was you go in a bed you pull the blankets up the blankets start to move side to side and then you have a baby (laughs) okay that's what I was working with as far as education goes. And then we go sit on a computer and we type about like penises and vaginas. Oh. Like what? Yeah. That's that's a, my next core memory of sex. It's very confusing because mm-hmm. what you're talking about like this, it, it, which, by the way, is a very normal developmental exploration of human sexuality from a young age, like feeling into sensation, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you're like, rubbing up against stuff or it feels good and that's that's a sensation so you're learning in a safer 
way. But then you kind of get this mixed messaging when you're like, again, our generation in the chat rooms, you're seeing things or hearing things or there's, you know, pictures that you're you're seeing that like don't match up mm-hmm. with that explore exploratory like sensation of on your own terms. So I feel like at least for me, what I learned from that age until the age I actually became sexually active was like, you have to look a certain way. This is how you look Mm. to be sexy. This is how, this is a face you make when you are going to be sexy. Like Mm -hmm. this is, these are the noises that you're going to make when you're, when you're kissing and when you're getting ready to have sex. Like these are the noises that you must make in order to have sex or be sexy. And I think it completely desensitizes the entire situation because it leaves zero room for you as a woman, Mm -hmm. me personally speaking, to have any agency and ability to take control. Actually live the experience. Yeah, live the experience. Mm -hmm. Well, and it makes complete sense that so much of it was how how am I supposed to look? Because the first experience was seeing Playboy. You saw models of sexuality and uh, pictures of it. It makes com- that makes complete sense. Of like, this is what it looks like to be sexy. I love what you just said about feeling through the sensations and then having the juxtaposition of, or just even the juxtaposition of growing up in a time where. On one hand, I'm watching a film strip from like 1976 and then going over to my friend's house and like forging this brave new world of the Internet. Like what a what a mind fuck that is to be in the middle of that thing in like actual 1998. Like it's like in in the new millennia with the Internet and then like back in the I know that the 70s were not the Stone Age. I'm sorry to any listeners from the 70s but like you know what i'm saying it's like it's like the olden days and the space age to get hyperbolic like stone age space age and i'm sitting there in the middle of like what what and no one there's there's you know it feels like floating in the middle or just like it's so confusing it's so confusing and you've got your hormones and you've got you know all kinds of I mean, I happen to be neurodivergent, so I'm not going to use that as like an excuse. But now I know that I'm being diagnosed later in life that like I have so much compassion for myself and I am so glad I will say this. And I'm really I'm I'm realizing this as I'm saying it, that I'm so glad that I didn't rush in to sex because it was hard enough. (laughs) It was hard enough Mm -hmm. as it was that I'm really grateful that that I was able to have the time that I did. And as you were saying with the sensations, like that's what I think it's about now, sensations and connection. Mm -hmm. And I too am going through sort of a, I don't know if I want to call it a rediscovering or more of like a redefining, reestablishing my relationship with myself and with sex. And I know I've sort of touched on this maybe in um, an episode or two before this about ending 
a few relationships that although I adore the people that they were with, it wasn't, I wasn't thriving in those relationships. And one of them in particular, the sex was the best I've, I mean, more than I ever could have imagined. The connection in those moments was otherworldly, beautiful, phenomenal. I was able to go to places and let go of my ego, let go of my body, let go of any fear, any any thought or emotion, and just be not even in my body, be beyond. I was be, we were beyond him and I and time and space, and it was beautiful. But what I realized was it was my love that was creating that connection. And that love not being returned was leaving me drained. And I was, I've decided that that's, it needs to be more, I, I can't be responsible for holding that whole container. But now that I've been in that container, and I know that that's possible, I would like to and hope to find someone who also is aware of it or capable of creating that that space and that portal, that connection. Because to me now, sex is more than just scratching a physical itch. Mm-hmm. It's it it can do that. Sure. But I've tried that and until I experienced this deeper, bigger place, that would it was fine and it was great and that was fun. But now I've tried to do that again and it makes me sad. It it doesn't without the without the heart, without the soul, without the mind body spirit connection, if it's not all of that, then I'd rather just not. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, well in the context of like being vulnerable and having more meaningful and deeper connections with other human beings, I think that now as an older more mature person, I feel very similar. And I, I mean, I'm like eight years into my marriage and I'm just starting to explore this now. And I, I've had really unconventional relationships growing up. And I'll just kind of say like they were very unhealthy. And a lot of them were centered around this idea of pleasing other people and sex being one of them. Mm-hmm. one of the thing one of the main things within those relationships and i'm not saying that that's what the expectation was i'm saying that that's how i saw value what i could offer someone else yeah and that's really sad because it's actually that's focused on just like a physical connection it's not an actual meaningful deeper connection which is what i'm hearing you say it's really funny because um, I want to say almost like a year ago, there, my husband belongs to this masterclass, which is an online subscription that you can basically like learn from masters in their field and experts in their field. And there's a woman on there. Her name is Emily Morris, Dr. Emily Morris, and she's like a sex expert. And she has this whole masterclass, which again, highly encourage anyone to look her up or or look into her her research but she t- 
talks a lot about how sex is, you know, something that we're taught to be shameful of and that people have different understandings of sex and how we can basically have more deeper, meaningful relationships with ourselves and also with other human beings. And I think that when you start to explore it like that, it changes it entirely. I mean, for me personally, it's a very vulnerable situation because I feel like I've not ever really explored it in a way where I've totally opened myself up to allow somebody else in because it's a very vulnerable place to be. God, it's hard to talk about this and not and not anticipate others potentially like further down the path hearing hearing okay i'm just going to get real and get vulnerable i i want to say what i believe to be true but i'm afraid that someone further down the path will hear what i'm saying and be like okay you don't even know anything and like yeah i probably don't because because uh, there's i'm i know there's further places to go and i know I know that. But from where I'm sitting right now and from what I've experienced in my in my effort to to become more open and more vulnerable and give my heart and soul and spirit up to the connection and to source and like through through the vehicle of sexual expression and love with connection to another it's fucking worth it (laughs) like Mm -hmm. the the giving over of yourself in a safe place with a safe person even though i had to end that connection is still worth it because now i know of a place and i know of of an energy that i didn't know existed before and i would never go back and even if i never this is i know this is big I know this is big to say, but I believe it. If I never have sex again, it would be okay because where I have been and what I have experienced with this last person, fuck, I'm going to cry. It was that beautiful. Like to be that, to be in that place and to be that free of everything material and everything like there was no time and there was no space and there was no me and there was no him. It was another thing that was created. That's worth it. Mm-hmm. If I if I never if I never were to have sex again because I never felt safe enough or comfortable enough with someone to go to that place. Okay. Like I don't I hope that that's not true. <laughs> but all that to say, I would encourage you to do vulnerable and do letting go. I've had moments where I have not understood what was happening in my body, but after just being literally moved to tears and just crying. Mm. And I feel like it's definitely what you're talking about right now, where it's like Mm -hmm. this vulnerability that I don't know if it actually comes out during the actual acts of sex or if it's something that like I'm unable to express so therefore it's like bottled up and it comes Mm -hmm. out more of it as an emotion it's an opportunity for just deeper connection and it there's an understanding there that I think about this disconnect that sometimes 
it can feel like, you know, you're trying to like act. It's trying, it's like, it's like an act. It's like a role that you're trying to fulfill. And I'm not talking about like roles and fantasies and like those mm-hmm. things are all normal and, and, you know, they're definitely part of it. But I'm, I'm talking about like the actual essence of what you decide in that moment, if you're going to actually be present or if you're going to be like somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. I think for a lot of my life, I have compartmentalized that part of myself and not let anyone in. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a very sacred space to be in. And it's, yes. it's something that I don't think that I was taught and like, again, like whose job is it to do that? Like it's, it's, it is a societal messaging. I think a lot of it about the way we should act, look, think, be, feel. And then like you try to fit yourself into that role. And I think there are, you know, a few who are the lucky ones who get to actually experience it with each other in a safe space and actually really allow that part of you to be open enough to show the other person, this is something we're going to try together, experience together. Like, how do you let your partner know that you want to try whatever the thing is? Like, Mm -hmm. we have these conversations that we just don't have because we feel embarrassed or we feel ashamed or we feel uncomfortable. And I think some of it is also starts solely with the individual. And I think a lot of that work has to be done on an individual basis in order to be able to have those conversations with your partner as well. Absolutely. And I I think you were really onto something with making the decision. Uh, I know for myself, I did little experiments. Before I officially ended this situation, I, I tried to to be like, okay, well, is it worth taking myself, taking that special part of myself because that special part needed protection? Can I, is it worth continuing the sexual relationship and the friendship, but not inviting the like deepest, most like precious, I don't want to be like so woo woo about it, but like the the goddess version of myself and just like not inviting her this time. And I tried that a couple times and the experience was just like, meh. meh. Yeah. I was just like, meh. Oh, this was like what I thought good sex was before. We're like, yeah, sure. I had an orgasm, but like not a great one. Just like a like a sneeze, you know, <laughs> like if you poke me in the eye or if you, if you, you know, if you pull a nose hair out, I'm going to sneeze. Sure. But like it didn't come from my toes, you know, like, mm-hmm. like so you can decide and and but you, you the person, whoever we're talking about, like the you, the me, the the individual, the work really is individual. And like that's that's exactly it about whether or not you feel comfortable with you and you finding out if you want to move deeper within yourself and having the confidence within yourself to know what you want. And I'm not talking like, I want you to lick my neck or I want to my my back. back. (laughs) P.S. Have you heard L. King's uh, cover of that song? 
No. It's I- so good. She does a live version of it. She starts a song where she's like, I'm about to sing a dirty song. And if you don't like it, get the fuck out. And she, <laughs> and then she sings it. It's like, it's really good. Um, But, uh, oh, damn. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not talking about the like, I want you to wear a cop uniform and tell me yeah. I'm a bad girl. You know, I'm saying like, do you want to go deeper into yourself? Because I I don't think everybody does. I think some people are like, not in this lifetime. Mm, that's too much. And that's fine. But once you, if you do decide, and I, for me, it was like, oh, shit. Once I found this place, I couldn't pretend it didn't exist. And I couldn't go back. It's like, um, we were we went through the same yoga teacher training and anyone who's been through the tr- the training that we have there's a um native american poem that is presented to us um called the path of the warrior i think is what it's called and there's a part in it that's like once you've been in the cave or once you've been down the path you can't you can't turn back because you're not going you know, that way. Basically, yeah. like you you know, once you know a thing, you can't. It's like you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Same idea. Um, so I I don't know if everybody's the same, but warriors are. Some people are. Anyways, when you have when you know a thing about yourself, you kind of don't. You're kind of not afraid to to then ask for the things like, you know, it might be fun. Or I'll just use an example from my own personal life. Like there was a night when when this same person we've been talking about was at my house and we we had not talks but we 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 did not have good communication, but terrible, terrible communication. But um we talked about sense stuff a lot because you know, I teach a sense-based yoga class and I am a sensory person. And so one night when we were together, I I decided to, oh, and he had shared a story about one time someone had had um, candle, used candle wax with him. And I have um, low heat, like specifically for sex, you don't burn anybody candles. And so I took those out. I brought them out and was like, just kind of like raised my eyebrow. And he didn't. He was like, okay. Yeah. So, um, so I, you know, we played with temperature play and then I handed him a, blindfold and he put it on and so it was like we didn't have to have a whole conversation we didn't like you know over dinner or sitting at the couch have like a whole awkward conversation it had come up before exactly verbal exactly and it was like when you know when you know a person this is tricky because like i very firmly believe in consent but i also know that when you're moving from a place of authenticity and you and you are with a person and you you know you very clearly ask and like hey you want to do that? like right yes okay you know but it doesn't have to be when it comes when you're not timid and scared about it because you're not attached to the outcome then you're not going to be hurt if the answer is no, you know, if you'd been like, oh, then I would have been like, okay. And I would have put it down. It would have been fine. Not a big deal. But if, you know, if I had been like, I don't know, do you, <laughs> do you want to maybe use this? And then if he had felt pressured to say yes, or if he had said no, then I might've been like, oh, <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't about that. You know, it's about exploration. It's about connection and I, it's hard to explain coming, moving from a place of knowing that you're in a safe place within yourself. And I wouldn't have been 
in that place with him if I hadn't started from the from the place of knowing in myself. Like I wouldn't have been in that room with him mm-hmm. if I hadn't been hadn't done the work to know that I wanted to be in that connective space with him. I never would have asked like even half verbal, half nonverbal asked other guys that I've been with for real connected and been with for longer or wanted to do that with because I wasn't in that place. Like I wasn't in that in my own power and in my own strength. I would have come from that like, "Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know how to ask you this. That story that you just shared is one of a mature woman who knows herself because it didn't matter what the response was, of course, consent being involved. But like, if the answer was no, you just would have been like, okay, like moving on, like, we're going to move on and maybe explore the next thing. But I think that there's an unsureness that can happen in those scenarios where you feel if you're unsure with yourself, that automatically sort of puts up this like barrier between you and the other person about how to explore and about what feels safe because you don't feel safe in yourself. Mm. Exactly. I know that knowing yourself, but like really knowing yourself is the most important work anyone can do. Or knowing that you don't know yourself. <gasps> yes. Some of the best mentors and teachers of my life, obviously not sex related, have always been like, don't take what I'm saying as gospel Mm -hmm. question it and i think that we have to do that in every aspect of our life i think that we have to do that in sex too Mm -hmm. i think that i'm still doing it because it leaves room for growth in relationships as well because you're never done learning yes ever the best thing that i ever did to have good sex was stop is is stop worrying because stop performing is to just be and like be like wait a minute hold on does this actually feel good because if it doesn't feel good and then i'm making the noises and then they keep doing the thing that doesn't feel good but i'm giving them the noises then then they're never gonna do the thing that actually feels good oh whoa okay and like there's a lot layered into that i think we have mm -hmm. to ask ourselves too like why are we doing that Hmm. Like, I know for me, a lot of it in relationships was because I was too afraid to speak up because mm-hmm. I didn't want to hurt the other person's feelings mm-hmm. and or because there was no value in what I actually wanted. That's what right. I believed about myself. Right. And I they're not going to want... actually care about me anyways. So like, might as well get this over with exactly. because it's not about me at all anyways. But like, that might not even be true. But like, I didn't give them a chance. Or like a lot, of the, if... a lot of the time it really wasn't like they really didn't care. About me, but like... And obviously, too, like there's a whole other series of topics maybe for another day. But like there's there can be a lot of depending on your partner and depending on what you've been through. I can tell you right now, I can count off of my hands. (laughs) Like there's a lot of people who I have had conversations with about having some sort of traumatic 
sex experience and having that be like a triggering thing too. Mm -hmm. So the conversations are important. Like there's there's nonverbal communication like you're talking about earlier, which is so important. But then there's also maybe conversations that are for not moments when you're in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Like those conversations are just as important. And I think all of the conversations are important like between other between I think conversations with people who you have no intention of having sex with and sharing experiences are hugely important so that we all get kind of a baseline of like whoa that's what's possible oh holy shit okay that shouldn't be happening to you or that happened to me too and I didn't like it either things could be different oh my gosh like like all of these different examples but you don't know what you don't know or right we'd be hard anyone would be hard pressed to find a person who knows no one who's been no i'm saying this wrong but the statistic is i believe the statistic is still one in three women has been sexually assaulted but it's really that one in three women has reported sexual assault and that just means that even more of them have because almost no one reports it. I know that I was date raped and I did not report it. Ooh, sorry. Uh, trigger warning then for this episode. Um, I didn't report it. And so I'm not in the one in three, but I'm in the one in three, you know, like that would make mm-hmm. two in the, two in that three. So we, again, I know I say this every episode, but that's why we have to talk to each other, not just to the people we're actually having sex with. We have to share our stories amongst each other so that we know what's possible, we know what's going on, we can get stuff off our chest, we can we can um brainstorm ideas, we can we can share like, well, what if you said this or you know what worked for me? It's like um that saying uh, Martin Luther King's quote that um hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. It's the same with shame. Shame will remain shame until we shine, we drag it out into the light. Start talking about it and let it not be weird because everyone does it. And I hope when I'm like 89 years old that, you know, my husband's like smacking my butt. <laughs> and let's another topic for another day. But like the nursing homes, uh, STD problem in nursing homes, because they're still they are still getting down. But they were not taught about um, sexual health. And so they're like, well, I can't get pregnant. I don't need condoms. But they're spreading chlamydia and syphilis and all these things amongst each other because they're just like raw dogging each other in the nursing homes. They're getting down. Yeah. Just full raw dog. (laughs) The elderly. (laughs) Just like having a blast. It's like living in a dorm because they're like living in a dorm. But they're like, well, we can't get pregnant. So (laughs) party on. Oh, I love you. And I love this conversation. Thank you guys so much for joining. And we'll see you next time. Come Clean Pod is produced by Ando Hawthorne and Holly B. All ideas and opinions expressed are evolving and should not be taken out of the context of the larger conversation. We're always learning and we'll continue to do our best. Take what you need. Don't worry about the rest. If you like the pod, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us together on Instagram at ComeCleanPod, Ando at yours truly Ando, Holly is at HB Lionheart, or email us to 
comecleanpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Until next time.